0: The Westwood One Podcast Network.
3: All
0: right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness.
2: Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.
4: Hello there, Team Never Quit Nation. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My name's Andrew, and I'm joined today by Marcus and Morgan Latrell. Welcome back, guys. What's up? up, Good to be back. We've got an amazing show in store for you guys. Joined today by one of y'all's teammates, Navy SEAL, CEO of Tribe Skates, DJ Shipley, as well as y'all's buddy, Cole. Fatty. Fatty. Fackler. And uh, I think he's actually the CFO of Tribe Skates.
0: Businessman.
4: And, uh, man, man. these these guys have some awesome stuff to share today. Business. We spent a lot of time with them, and you're going to love what we're going to get into. But before we do, we got a Patreon question of the day. Ryan asks, "What is the one job you may have chosen other than looking to the military if you had to choose between these three options—police officer, firefighter, or corrections officer? Why would you choose that career?"
0: Police officer. Well, then I'd have been a firefighter because we'd switch. That's the best part about having being, having a twin. I got we got buddies that are twins that are one's a cop, one's a firefighter, and then they switched. Well, I mean, you guys already did it that in the Navy SEAL, so I mean, yeah, why almost, not do it in the? Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't handle being a correction officer. That's the hardest job there is. Corrections officers, that's, that's literally the hardest. They just get paid. I mean, that, that's unbelievable. They, I mean, they don't, we, man, what they have to do. Have, they have some, they should badge. be more revered than our servicemen and women and our first responders. It's that they have to deal with every single day. They walk into a cage where a vast majority of them are, are probably wanting to kill them. And they go in every day to
4: make sure that they don't get out to us.
0: Yeah, it's like they wake up every morning walking. know you're walking into a a, a, a shitstorm. A, a day like that.
4: I think I'd go law enforcement if I got to pick. I was I did the I was a volunteer firefighter from 15 to like a couple years ago. How many fires did you get? Like oh, man, I can't even count. Like none. No, I mean I got. Oh, <laughs> you can't count. I, I'm not one? actually really <laughs> good at counting. Is it more than?
0: Hold your hands. Up. More than 10.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One's enough. One's enough. Yeah. And I was also in a couple of departments that you know were super old school, where there were some fires I shouldn't have been on with some people I shouldn't have been on fires with.
0: And I think that's the best time. And it was.
4: I don't that's know where that. you learn. been burned. <laughs> some that's, times. How making, that's how you make it.
0: That's how you make it in that upper management position. Man, like
4: no one knows what to do. up man for upper in management.
0: In there.
4: there was definitely a time or two that I uh, was the only person on the fire truck truck with the chief, like that kind of small town fire department. So. That that would be for me, uh, you know, I already did that. So law enforcement, I actually, right out of high school, got, I guess I got, I put my application in to be a jailer for Harris County Sheriff's Department and got accepted. But then I had a uh, investor approach me about my first ever business. And so I ended up opening my first company that I ever owned, which is a recording studio. So I never got to go that path. But I think if I could start again, that's what I would do. That's Maybe. a good question, yeah. Thanks for sharing your question, Ryan. If you guys want exclusive access to the show, bonus behind the scenes content bonus and you get also some really cool stuff like Marcus right now if y'all, y'all can't see him but he's wearing a freaking cool hat that we have only available to the Patreon members it's a Team Never Quit multicam this, elite hat
0: does it say elite on it? Mm-hmm. it
4: says elite we got a challenge coin for our Patreon members we've got some really cool stickers autographed photos
0: yeah it's been a lot of fun man we're gonna the. Uh, why does it say elite? cause they're elite yeah our listeners are if pa- if our Patreon members the like that, elite because
4: but... they're supporting us at the highest level, and we appreciate you guys for doing that. this This show means a lot to us. We know it means a lot to you guys, and you guys being on Patreon really helps us continue to put out episodes every Wednesday. So, yeah, I wear the same one they do.
0: Yeah, that's how it works. Team one, team one, fight. That's right. Yeah. So,
4: if you guys want to, you want to join us there, patreon.com slash Team Never Quit. Never Quit. Let's get to that episode with DJ Shipley and Fatty.
2: Plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program.
3: Where'd you start out? Where'd you grow up? Uh, Chesapeake, Virginia. So moved uh, from San Diego to Chesapeake when I was four. Basically elementary school all the way up to high school, was um, the old
0: man still in the service when you were mm-hmm. growing up? Yep. How old, when you got out? Um, when he retired.
3: Out? He retired the month that I joined.
0: Oh, really? Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay.
3: So he was on terminal right when I graduated high school. Like his last day was essentially, it was, a, it was a one for one handoff. Okay. So he retired. Um, yeah, I joined. But it was weird, man. Like I, uh, grew up skateboarding, doing all that shit, hunting with him. Kind of got in a little trouble, but nothing too bad. And, uh. Yeah, I came home one day, and he was in a mood, and uh, he had a stack of paperwork with him and basically gave me a couple choices. He's like, you can finish your last year in military school, you can drop out, get a GED, and join the military, or you can sign this paperwork, I just left your principal's office, and I signed you up for summer school, you can graduate in three months and join the Navy. I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> I wanted to move up to California and be a pro skater, and he's like, no, man, These are three options, either way you're out of my house, and three months I'm like okay appreciate so, you it's kind of the same shit that happened to us yeah dude signed it and I graduated in August September I joined the Navy three weeks later you go straight to buzz mm-hmm. I didn't dude I didn't even go to a school like uh, oh either. really oh bro I didn't I didn't do I didn't do anything I didn't have a seal contract I went undesignated seaman nothing oh wow oh brother, That's hardcore, I, had, man. Oh, brother <laughs> I had nothing so like when I look back on it you know Talk to the old man, all that stuff. I'm like, dude, all these guys are getting like automatic E4 and all this stuff, and he's like, yeah, there was a wait list for that. You're just going. Okay. Great, great guidance. Yeah. Like, what about you, fatty? How'd you start out?
1: I grew up in Norfolk. Um, actually, not too far away from DJ, but uh, grew up swimming, doing all kinds of sports, uh, going through all school. Came time for college, and I was like, nah, I'm not ready, I'm ready for that. I actually moved out to West Virginia and worked for my uncle. Um, doing construction during the day and on loading docks at night and in, in fashion, I started getting in some trouble, um, growing up in, in Norfolk and Virginia beach, I was exposed to seals. My uncle was a seal in Vietnam. So that was always kind of on my, on my plate. Um, uh, I grew up swimming at the old seal team two pool. So I was always around it and kind of where exposed was that to at? it. That little Creek.
0: Where is it? Where would it, where would it have been?
1: Is it the same spot? Well, the same, yeah. 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 Same, same spot. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, being in West Virginia, I started getting in some trouble, and I was like, Well, oh, I don't like this road that I'm going down. Let's try this Navy SEAL thing.
0: How were you when you joined the
1: team or joined the Navy? Uh, I just turned 19. Um, I just turned 19 and uh, came home from West Virginia, said hi and bye to my parents. Um, being the only child, my mom was kind of a little concerned, especially with the. We, we watched the bombs drop on Iraq while I was in boot camp, and uh, went from boot camp to BUDS.
0: Here we are watching it all over again. Yep. I was the same thing. When I was on pre-deployment leave when when that was going down in Iraq. You were 18, DJ, or were you 17 when you walked in?
3: 17. 17. You, you got turned 18, and, uh, turned 18 in Hell Week, I think.
0: Were you the youngest guy in your class? Mm-hmm. You had to carry the bell around? Carry the bell? Oh, no, yeah. Hey, what about you,
1: Fatty? Nope. I don't know who was the youngest. I, I wasn't the youngest. But we um, I was a real dickhead.
3: It, so, when I rolled in his class, we had a magnificent seven, and they fucked with us, man. It was everybody who was basically 19 and under. <laughs> and, dude, they put the boots to us, man. Yeah. We were always doing dumb shit, but I mean, it was, it was good, man. Like, you know, you show up to Buds, you do those four mile runs, like, you blow out your ankle, like a bad roll. You wake up next morning, you're 100%. Like Let's you got these dude. Who, juggers went through
0: Hell Week. Uh, they were Monday, they were like, "Hey, what's going on? Let's go do something." I'm like, oh,
3: "What?" <laughs> dude, my mom flew out and picked me up from Hell Week. That Friday you secured, she picked it up, and drove me back to the barracks. You're on that 24 hour lockdown; you can't leave. You. She woke me up at 7 to 8 a.m. Took me out to Marie Calendar's all the boys on Saturday morning. Awesome, I remember that. Drove me straight to the Oak Course. I got pictures of it in a pair of flip flops and a tank top, and made me do the Oak Course so she could get pictures the day after Hell Week. Thanks, mom. I was like, I was like, yeah, I guess. And she's like, do it, do the slide for life. I'm, like, I'm in flip flops. She's like, yes, I can do it. I'm like, all right, here we go. Talking about being young and buds too.
1: I mean, I, I remember us getting surf tortured or doing whatever in the water. But I'd see the surf was like, I knew the surf was good because I grew up surfing. Couldn't wait to be done that day, and I'd be grabbing my surfboard to run back out there and get in the water. Seriously? Yeah. All the old guys were like, "What the fuck is wrong Dude. with you?" Oh man. Like. You want to get back? I was but, like, yeah, the surf is going off. You
3: like, talk about a humbling experience, yeah. man. Like, me and him were talking about not too long ago for guys who didn't go through BUDS. I remember laying there, you know, it's, it's a Thursday afternoon, beautiful Coronado. You're laying out there getting surf tortured. Grown men are quitting. And you look 50 yards to your left down by the Hotel Del, and there's a four-year-old with a pink fucking flamingo, like, yeah, like little thing splashing around the water, having the best time of her life, and you got grown men quitting, just left and right, like, Kind to of put huh. it into perspective. Yeah.
0: So how are you going to go home and say, "Well, why'd you quit?" Well, they were squirted me with a water hose. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I call. I'd call Mojo when we, when I would be get it good and stepped in. You know, <clears throat> and uh, he sent me a, a newspaper or, uh, article. I taped it on my locker, and I would stare at that thing every time. And it was the same thing. As a little boy in his swim trunks, it had his name and where he was from. He's like frolicking, frolicking Pacific outside uh, the Dell. Is that right? Frolicking, <laughs> frolicking, <laughs> frogging. Let's go with that. Uh, in the water all day long. And then I, I was like, oh, "Okay, that's that's about sums it up right there, right?" I mean, you just—it's it, little things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little bitty nuance because that, that's usually what happens is you get pushed to the, the reason we say never quit so much because we're always thinking about it. Because <laughs> I mean, the job's hard, man. Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, it is, especially if you if you're hanging it in there. And if uh, there's a reason why you, uh, there's only a handful of us that do that. So DJ, you had it—you absolutely had it in your face the entire time you were growing up. Did you did you
1: always know, or did you just kind of look up one day and be like, I'm going? I remember uh, I went to one of those seal demonstration um, things in July when I was 14, and like watching that sniper come out of the sand. And, Holy <laughs> shit! So cool, right? It, I that was, was, a,
2: new guy went was even that? a fucking sniper. That dude was laying there the
0: whole time. That's awesome. You're like, you know, bad I was in like,
1: charge of that demonstration <laughs> oh. post aoic tour. And some I new was guy so just amazed. Bacon. Bacon. I, like, I'd have to dig up some photos from it. That is the only time I ever made it to that. Oh, really? Every time it was going on, I was deployed and they were gone. That's the same area I miss now. But then I realized, <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, that dude had to be in the
3: Before the first person
0: showed up.
1: Like 10 hours before he could move. Put a couple of
0: MREs and balls of water in there with him. Were
3: you running it when I had to jump into it? When the Leapfrogs couldn't make it and they asked a bunch of guys to jump in?
0: <sighs> Man, you'd have to
3: give me a year. Oh, dude, I, I don't know. 20 Fourteen, thirteen, I don't know. Now, uh, oh, man. I remember
0: the big ones. Like fourteen is when we started training. I remember, like, I, yeah, I was, just... yeah. How'd you guys you, get in shape to go in, or did you, youth? Yeah, that's so, what it was? it's a tool, right? Youth is a
1: tool. DJ <laughs> hadn't hit puberty yet. Yeah, dude, he didn't like, hit puberty till like you're twenty eight,
3: twenty nine. Yeah, Lace. Like, so when I joined the Navy, I was same height I am now, six one, maybe one hundred and fifty pounds, like one thirty five wet, just nothing. <laughs> like skateboarding. Um... Talked to the old man like when we finally figured out, he's like, hey, like this is what we're gonna do. Like, Okay, what are you need to do? And I mean, he went to the team and printed out essentially like a basic PT plan. It's like, here's a screen test and we're gonna do this every single day until you can pass it, you know, in any condition, headwind, tailwind, doesn't matter, super sick, whatever. And that's all we trained for was just a screen test. He's like, that's the only thing that matters. It's like, if you go to boot camp, you don't pass this test. You can't go to Bud's. So, like, I don't care if you can bench press 500 pounds. I don't care if you can run a three-minute mile. If you can't do it in any condition, in these shitty boots they give you at boot camp and everything else, you can't go to Bud's. And because I don't have a contract, there's no prep. Like, you get one shot. So, I'm that idiot with that stupid shaved head sitting in an auditorium with 500 people. Who wants to try out for special programs? Like, I do. Like, That's good in insight. And passed it. Man, we didn't have that. What about you? fatty i went in with a contract um of course he didn't. <laughs> uh, mr reliable i had a, a few uh um, you probably got a signing bonus for making it through too p- yeah uh,
1: people uh, watching yeah, watching, th- watching th- after th- me th-
0: even after hell wake they're like hey here you go. mm-hmm. we're
3: gonna give you another grant but, but
1: in typical fashion as you'll you'll learn i just was like all right i gotta do those okay and uh when i show up to buds i was like all right so like we do hell week and then we're good right <laughs> that i mean <laughs> Dude, like, call it young, naive,
3: <laughs> I don't know, but it's like, all right, G.I. Jane, right? I mean, like, dude, like, I have people hit me up all the time. They're like, you know, how'd you prepare? Like, how long did you know you want to be? Like, my entire life, you never saw anything the teams did. Like, all you saw was buds. Yeah. So I essentially joined thinking I was going to do buds for the rest of my life. Like, I didn't I didn't get to see it. Like, it was the 80s and 90s. Like, we weren't banging out targets in Iraq and Afghanistan. Like, you didn't know. Like, I mean, you guys know the deal. When you guys joined, like, you could walk into any place in the country and say "Navy SEAL" and they're like, "I don't have any idea what that is." I man. don't know what that is. Yeah, like so there's no my video wife. games, there's no movies other than Charlie Sheen's badass movie, greatest movie ever made, ever, ever made. made, ever made. But so no I mean, Google either. I mean, other than that, like you never saw it, so I didn't know. Like so when we graduated and we went through, the, you know, you hit third phase in SQT. Like now it starts to make sense. Like we already through the whole process. Like I imagine I was going to check into a team and we'd be out there running around with boats on our heads too, and then we'd train and do all this other stuff like i didn't know like, there's no real books you could read that really let you in on listen vietnam stuff and yeah kind of young and dumb and, did you guys graduate together mm-hmm. same class took to the same team yeah so he actually had orders out to the west coast and i remember we were sitting in alaska sitting in alaska and they came in and they're like hey here's all the teams you're going to he was going to one i was going to 10 and we didn't want to split up and they're like we need eight volunteers to go to Team 10 right now. They're getting ready to deploy, and they're down bodies. And this dude jumps up, and he's like, who wants to switch me orders? And dudes were flinging East Coast orders at him. He's like, I want to go to Team 10. He volunteers. We had one guy. He, uh, he pulled orders to STV one and, and he was a wealthy dude. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Servin. Jeff Servin. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, dude, he he's started my, throwing I, out I money. I picked up a platoon with him. He started throwing out money. He's like, I'll give anybody in the room $10,000 to switch me orders. I think he got it to what, 25 grand and nobody do it? And he's like, well, guess I'm going to SDV1. Nah, he had crazy money. He bought a house in
0: downtown White Not to get off anyway. Bro. Crazy like, money.
3: Like, have you seen him lately? No. Bro, he's huge, like, yoked up, like, Seriously? opened up the gym? Oh, yeah. Like, he's not skinny Jeff anymore. He's jacked. I mean, skinny, like, a 120 pounds skinny. He's like 240, yoked, like, Whoa. professional, like, lifting. Really? Oh, yeah. He's still in? No, he got out and he opened up, like, a. Like a CrossFit style-ish gym, but he does uh, training for famous people and athletes. And Tim Tebow was
1: like, was remember when Tebow was playing in the NFL? I guess he off-season he like whether he put on a few weight or, but just got super powerful. His squats and benches went up. But that was a gym that Jeff was running. Really? Mm-hmm. No, uh, I didn't know that Scottsdale.
0: Yeah, I mean he's, that's the cool part about. Just going through the life too, man. Not a, you learn how to work out and teach people how to work out, but then the motivation that goes with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all about that. Who, what, what that guy's delivering? What team ten deployment?
1: Anyway, you guys deployed same platoon, same troop. Yep, same platoon. We've literally been shadows for like the last eighteen years.
3: Yes, we did three direct back to back. It was awesome, man. It was a good run. Like we uh, in our first platoon, we had a 50-50 split of old guys and new guys all the new guys except for three later went on to the smu but all the old guys like josh harris and all those dudes like they all went over uh they all went over to dev group later like i mean it was it was an awesome crew man then um our second pump was really good third pump really good like great new guys so we were all gonna so we all screened and we were all gonna try to go over to dev group after our second pump and the whole uh Iranian surge was pushing through Iraq and like hey it's gonna be popping off like we really need some bodies like we're losing too many guys and they basically sucked us in I'm like all right we'll do another one like you know they sort of like hey you're super young like you're only 22 like stay and do another one like, okay and I told him I was like I'm only staying to do another one if you do so it's like it was a package deal from essentially buds all the way through like hey if you get one you're getting the other one yeah so we stayed and did a third one and moved on our career and did that and, it was good, man. Like, I had no complaints over there. Good leadership. We had uh, our second OIC was a prior enlisted guy. KD. of love that dude. He was our opso. Mm-hmm. Yep, Had him. Um, had Corey Clark out there, another Mustang. Like, just just awesome dudes, man.
1: What, what DJ is leaving out is our 07 deployment. He's right next to Redmond. Redmond gets shot in the face. Yeah. Oh yeah,
3: yeah, I mean, yeah! I jumped on a helo, working on those guys. Was he good looking back then? No, he's ugly yeah.
0: shit now. Yeah. I guess sometimes you get shot in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love you, Jason.
3: Yep. Yeah. it was good, dude. I mean, we had like we had Steph Bass at troop chief. Whoa, oh, bro! But, like you talking about an upbringing, like <clears throat> that dude right there. I mean, he represented everything that was oh yeah right in the teams, and then in our third pump, we fired two platoon chiefs back to back. Not gonna drop their names, but I'm glad you guys are gone. And we got Barrett Johnson. Oh, really? Bro, like that guy was second coming to Christ. Uh-huh. I worked with him at 10 when he came back over. Bro, he walked in. Like, so we'd fire the first one. So first guy came in and I had just gotten my arm sleeved out. <laughs> so I knew KD told him. He's like, hey, this is DJ. He runs the E5 Mafia. Like, make friends with this guy. I know he told him that. Dude walks up to me, introduced himself. He's like, hey, I'm Dave. He's like, hey, I'm DJ. Points it right at my arm and goes, Do you have a chip for that tattoo? And I laughed and I was like, "This is gonna be a long two years, brother. <laughs> I walked away and within a couple of months, he's gone. I walk into the uh, what, the what troop team pod. was that
0: at? Team 10. I know exactly who you're talking about.
3: Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, I remember when that uh, um order came down, mm-hmm. but uh, I walk into the high bay and Barrett Johnson standing on there. He just came over from uh, from JSOC, Maine. Like, he was a former uh, blue guy, right? Yeah, he was a former blue guy over Dev Group and uh, Dude, he walked up to me and he's like, Hey, you must be DJ. I was like, Yep. He said, Hey, I'm Barry Johnson, blah blah blah. I'm cool, man. He's like, I like tattoos, motorcycles, drinking, fighting, and uh shooting guns. And if you don't like those, we are not gonna get along. And I literally hugged him. I was like, I've been waiting for you for six years. You're gonna bro.
0: get along famously. Yeah.
3: And dude, I am like, not kidding you, man. Like, his quote was stay evil. And he he's taking on his wall in yeah. his He's office. got a tattoo on his knuckles now. Stay evil. Like he was, he was everything I wanted a platoon chief. Like, if I could have just molded him and kept him with me, best dude I've ever worked for, like, regardless of anybody else, that dude's mindset, work ethic, like, he'd have these one-troop scrums. He'd bring everybody in. Like, he was the guy that brought, like, the troop colors over. So, like, we came up with the one-troop Teutonic Knights and all this stuff. We'd bring up flags in a bar. We'd post them up. He's like, one-troop scrum. We'd all come together and lock him in like rugby, and we'd just tear the bar to pieces and took them. I've never been that happy in the teams.
2: God, that guy was awesome. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code
0: PROGRAM. So I spent some time with him not too long. It's been, I guess, it's a little bit long. But he had long hair with a ponytail. Yep.
3: Was
0: Dude, like, he, was in just...
3: a, he was in a skate shop, like, Oh really? Two, two months ago, I'm I'm literally in my office doing an inventory. Joey walks in. He goes, "Hey, did you see Barrett?" Like, no. He goes, "He's out front." I walk out front. Huge beard out here, covered in tats. How's like, he doing? Awesome. Okay,
0: good. God, he's amazing. All right, all right. So let's get into let's get into um, let's get into the exciting portion of this because you guys are just total. Total fucking train wrecks. <laughs> let's mm-hmm. let's sh- share share a good never quit story with our listeners because now that we've got in the background of where you come from, which is where we all come from, somewhere somewhere around here. And we got the drive, we got the motivation, we've got the kind of the family history, but uh, let's let's talk about some adversity here.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. You're the first. You want me to? Fatty, what you got? Tell them that story. Oh, about telling that story,
1: <laughs> I suck at storytelling. About the towing big wave, yeah. It took me about talk about never quitting. It took me like at least five or six tries to get up.
0: Where where were we at? It's at stage on Hawaii.
1: Yeah, so we're on the north shore of Hawaii. Uh, what for break? Outer reef cabins. It's about a mile offshore, past like out past pipeline. Okay, Pipeline, got it. With some like big wave legends. A bunch of pros were out there. And uh, I basically had had double shoulder surgery three weeks prior. Just getting out there breaking it loose, huh? Just, you know, I I love being on the water. It's kind of a therapy thing. Um, And this legend, Ken Bradshaw, like catches a wave. And I say wave, it's like a 45, 50-foot wave. I see a look on his face. He's like, you want to catch one? I was like. Of course. (laughs) Hell yeah. The look on his face. And like that break breaks like once a decade. And I'm like. Yeah, 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 I do. He had a heats bottle on
0: and a helmet? Nope.
1: I had a a, a life jacket, and they, they have these uh, inflation vests. And a
3: boogie board. <laughs> yeah. All right, hold on. Pa. like So he's got a picture of this thing. I'll make sure he sends it to you. He's got in the skate shop, and you can't appreciate it because he's got one that's close up on him, and then you see the entire thing. You just see him surfing a wave. When you see the whole picture and you see how high it is above him, when you actually look back and look at the pano of this thing, it's like... Bro, I don't know one how you rode that. I don't know how you got up with double shoulder surgery because we've all had them. Like you can't even wipe your ass. Most, most people stuff.
0: don't appreciate it, because they ain't been out there. Just the depth of the wave
1: <sighs> and how much. It's like a skyscraper. Yeah, how
0: much is a gallon of water weigh? Five pounds. Yeah. Well, and you got four hundred thousand gallons landing on your face. <laughs> just think when you're laying on the beach and the tide rolls in, what it pull the slack water pulls out. Mm-hmm. Just, just that little bit what it what it pulls out. I mean all the tsunamis overseas, they're only. They killed four hundred thousand people. The Thing was two feet deep. So when you're out dealing with something that's forty feet tall, <laughs>
1: all right. Anyway, keep going. So we're out there with some pros, and like he pulls his ski around. I took my sling off one of my arms, and I figured if I kept my elbows like in my ribs, I took the
0: sling off one of my.
1: Oh,
3: you're slung up while you're out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like dude, he's fresh out of shoulder surgery. Yeah, this keeps getting better and better. Like stitches still in. Yeah. Like, well, you shouldn't even be in the water.
1: So, like, I'm, I figure if I do, like, a cross grip and keep my elbows in, I I think I can get pulled up by a ski on this toe board. And uh, about three tries into it, some of the other, like, the actual pros out there and their photographers are like, uh, should you be out here? Like, kind of look like a clown, like you can't get up. About the fifth try, I mean, it's not, you know, I'm definitely in pain but can't I, get up because you can't push stuff up on the board no so like essentially it's like a wakeboard kind of pull up oh he's strapped in yep okay gotcha. and uh it's so about the fifth try i finally get up and like there's some hand signals and like so i get up in about 10 seconds into it he, he like points and i'm like at the wave coming in i give him a thumbs up and i'm like yeah and uh he rips me into it and i say rips me into it at like 35 miles an hour in open ocean and uh I caught the wave and ride in my life um, the entire time. I'm like, if I fall, I can't lift my arms up to get picked like, up. Yeah, how are
0: you going to swim up out of the?
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, but yeah, I never gave up or never quit <laughs> on that. And I was like, I, I knew the risk that I was like, oh, if I wipe out, like, I guess we'll see how this goes. But it's it either ride
0: it. of your life or you're definitely dying. Yep. yep. That's the contract. That's <laughs> commitment.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's commitment. Yep, you signed on that line on that one. Yep, you rode all
1: the way to the beach. Rode it all the way out. Um, the way those waves break is they. Oh, you said they were a mile out. Yeah, yeah, so like that reef and the water. There's a break out there, and then it kind of dies off and reforms. And what reforms is pipeline.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha. I got you. Hell, she just caught another one. Dude, I got a bunch of them, bro. coming well, I I okay, okay, with so the, the the scare of getting jerked underneath the boat. When, when, Were you on, on there the, with Owens when y'all went underneath the cruise there? liner?
3: So I was in a boat next to him, and we dove in water to try to get him. Okay, that's probably one of that's, the craziest stories I ever heard of. That dude, is, like that, that was,
0: was, that's like my, uh, that our, that's our nightmare story. Uh, nightmare stories being next to that a ship just, out in the open Ocean, like in the and <laughs> getting drawn under that summit. I don't know if that, I, I want to hear, dude. Just talk about getting electrocuted, because <laughs> I still find it. Yeah.
3: So we, um, it hurts me just to look at you. Yeah, man. So, you know, we started a skateboard company, me, Cole, and Joey. Um, Tell
0: tell them where it is. Tell them
3: the name of it. Yeah, Tribe Skates. Um, It essentially just started out uh, as like an art therapy thing, stemming off Nyko. Like, got hurt again, doing all this other stuff. And uh, I hooked up with the guys from Beyond Clothing. And um, they were old skaters from back in the day. And we're literally drinking coffee one day. And he's like, if you could do anything in the world, this is before I retired, just randomly, I'm still active still doing my thing. And I was like, if I could do anything, I'd open a skateboard company. And he didn't know I grew up skating. He's like, really? I was like, yeah, man. Like that's, that'd be the end for me. Like I'd make skateboards and I'd grow a ponytail and I'd just, I'd just hang out, man. Like that's that's all I want to do. And he's like, okay, if you're serious about this, he's like, I want to open a skateboard company. We need to talk. And I'm not kidding you, man. Within seven days, they were about to do Sophic down in Tampa shoots me a text and he's like can you make a skateboard and i was like uh i mean i guess like i would never even made one and he's like i need one like we want to do an auction item we're gonna raise money for all in all the time christina valentine's foundation i'm like okay and i was like what are you thinking and he's like he sent me a picture of the movie sicario had just dropped and they had a picture of the skeleton with this uh, mexican flag on belt buckle six shooters all this stuff he's like i want something kind of like this with your twist on it And I just happened to be sitting in Joey's tattoo chair when it came through. And I rolled it over and I showed Joey the text and I was like, what do you think about this? And he goes, I just started drawing on this iPad on this app called Procreate. And I can draw whatever I want on this. Turn it into a vector file and we can do this. I'm like, okay. And he knew a guy that was printing out uh, 3M uh, vinyl wrap for like cars and stuff like that. He's like, we can throw this thing on a board. We can do all this. He drew that thing in like, I don't know, six, seven hours. I sent it over to him. He loved it. Started making skateboards together, uh, throw on the graphics, mail them out there. Dudes bought them, like raise money. And then I had uh, a guy named Don from Team Room Designs. He's an SF guy who, he just retired a couple months ago. Um, does like custom flags and everything else. Like an awesome dude. He reaches out. He's like, I want to order some for my company. I want to make one for my daughter. want to do all this other stuff. I was still active. I'm like, uh, okay. I went back over to Joey. Like, hey, what do you think about this? And he's like, yep. We started pumping them out. Brought Fatty on board, basically do the business because, you know, me and Joey, like, I just give everything away. It's not a really good business model. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Couldn't come up with a name. Has it ups and downs. Yeah. Joey came up with the name uh, Tribe Skates. He's like, hey, it's the three of us. Like, we've been together for almost 20 years. We're making our own tribe. I'm like, here we go. Started that whole thing, and then I hooked up with Jim Hinsky, retired SEAL. Um, he's on Instagram, SEAL Artisan. That dude is a fucking wizard, man. Everything from welding, the CNC, like that dude makes... I mean, he made the presidential seal for Trump. Like, he does all the Medal of Honor stuff or Ed Byers and all wow. those guys. Like, I mean, that dude's he's amazing. But he started fracture burning. You essentially take a microwave transformer, hook it up to jumper cables, electrolyte solution, warm water baking soda, and it puts 60,000 volts to this piece of wood and it burns through the grain. So that's how you get that. He showed me how to do it. 60,000 volts? Yeah, something Everybody like that. Everybody remember that number. Yeah, so he teaches me how to do it. Um, I order a machine or basically order the transform. I go over there. He gives me his little, um, his little electrical engineer, apprentice guy makes me a machine, shows me how to use it. I start burning boards, um, trial and error, but you know, I've done a couple hundred of them now. Fast forward uh, a couple years later, I'm in my backyard father's day morning, 5.00 AM. Um, I've been burning boards all morning. Um, EOD buddy of mine hits me up. He's like, hey, I've got a guy retiring. I've got these paddles that are like 80 years old. They got in my grandfather's uh barn. I want to burn these things. Can I swing by? I'm like, Yeah, man, send it. Brings them over, we sand them all down. I'm fracture burn them. Um I'm on four of five. I just finished four. We're prepping five. So he's sanding this thing down. in, um in the whole confusion, you know, Patsy's banging on the window. She's like, Hey, it's Father's Day, we gotta go get breakfast. The kids are up, the kids are banging on the window outside, I'm like, one more burn, it'll take me 10 minutes, I'll be done. I'm in a pair of shorts, no shirt, no shoes, uh, mouthful of Copenhagen, and a pair of sunglasses on. Okay. I tell him, I was like, hey man, last one. He's like, yeah, my lady's blowing me up too, here we go. I reach down to grab the leads, and at some point this thing has been plugged in and turned on. So when I readjust the leads in my hand, it connects the circuit. And I ride the lightning for three to four seconds. That's 60,000 volts mm-hmm. hammer time. Yep, so... Um, what did that feel like? It um, you can it, it felt like you grabbed onto a an electric fence, um, but it was so strong and because I just finished uh, essentially almost a year of VHP out in Virginia Beach with Ollie and those guys. Like I went from I'll actually show you before and after pictures. I went from 180 pounds hooked on painkillers to now 230. So. When I grabbed these things, every muscle in my entire body, my jaw to my ear, everything locked up at once. And it contracted so hard it shattered my right collarbone, shattered my left scapula, blew out of my thighs, blew out of the top of my head, blew out the tendon in my middle finger, blew through my middle finger, in my left hand, my palm through my right. In that process, I could hear him. Uh, he was running back and forth, almost like he was doing like a, a shuffle step in like football. And you could see him he was screaming no 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 Um, I take a step back and after I burn these things I clean off all the ash and I spray them down with a water hose the backyards now filled with water so when I take a step back now it's 60,000 volts step in the water it uh it shot me in the air and shot me across the yard but I've still got the leads in my hand so I can remember laying on my back I remember uh, my hand shaking back and forth And everything started going white static. I couldn't see anymore. Everything built. And then I wake up. when I wake up, he's about three inches in front of my face. He's like, you okay? You okay? Do you know where you're at? (laughs) Yeah, brother. I'm on the fucking ground. And I lift my hands up. My hands are smoking. I exhale and smoke comes out of my mouth. I'm like, holy fuck, man. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, my collarbone's definitely broken. And my left shoulder's out of socket for sure. I try to sit up. And I can just hear it sounds like gravel in my chest. I'm like, I roll over and I spit out this huge mouthful of blood and all this other shit. I thought it was ash. The Copenhagen I had in my mouth had basically blown up. So I spit all that shit out. <laughs> he stands me up. And I'm like, okay, um, I got to go to the hospital. He's like, yep. I was like, um, Patsy's running out. Like, She's panicked at the disco. The they get it to
0: stay, unplug it finally?
3: So he unplugged it. Thank God. Um, and I'll get to that in a second. He, uh, so he unplugs me. He checks me out. Stands me up. And I tell Pat to give me the keys. I'm going to drive myself to the hospital. I live less than a mile away from uh, a level four trauma center. As I turn the corner to start walking in my truck, it's probably 60 feet. You remember uh, that movie Kill Bill? Mm-hmm. Remember when they do the five-finger death punch? Yeah. And, and
0: yeah. now... Oh, five steps are down yep. hard? Yeah.
3: So that's what it was. When I took a step, everything started narrowing in. And I could feel my heart start, starting and stopping. Like, it wasn't racing. It was... Dun-dun, nothing. Dun-dun. And I could feel my body getting real heavy. I could feel my eyes starting to close. I was like, I've lived through all this shit and I'm gonna die right here on the side of my house, Virginia Beach. I was like, what a fucking waste. I make it to my truck. I'm trying to get in the driver's side. He's not letting me. And I was like, all right, man, just do me a favor. Put me in the truck and drive me to the ER. He gets in there, he drives me. Every pothole in Virginia Beach between my house and hospital we hit. And I can just feel this whole thing just grinding back and forth. We pull up the emergency i was like hey run inside and tell them i just got essentially struck by lightning um i'm fucked up we uh we roll in there they part that entire hospital like the red Sea. So they throw me on an operating table rip off all my clothes and the thing about virginia beach and that hospital in particular princess anne huh, is every nurse that works in that place is gorgeous yeah tens tens so all i see are surgical masks and mascara um They've got their fingers inside me. They're all around my junk. Yeah, just heaven, all right. (laughs) So everything's (laughs) good. Thank you. And at one point, this this nurse, I don't know her name, she gets right in my face, and she's like, I am so surprised you still have a penis. And I remember looking at her, I was like, what are you talking about? Is it bigger? Is it bigger? (laughs) Yeah. And she goes, when you get electrocuted, like anything that's not hardwired, like your fingers usually blow off, your ears, your nose like yeah, everything... well,
0: that sucker's hardwired in man i'm just gonna tell you that <laughs> yeah
3: so when she says that i'm like okay um they moved me over to another room they hooked me up to an ekg my resting heart rate was at 51 after taking all that and she's like you're That's in good. shock like we're we're really concerned um i'm supposed to work a free fall course the following day um for some eod guys and i tell the old lady i'm like hey call them and tell them i'm not going to make it tomorrow i'll be there on tuesday And the nurse looks at me, and she's like, you are not good. Like, you're going to the burn clinic in Norfolk. Like, you're not skydiving. I was like, I'll I'll be fine.
2: I've got a brace.
3: I'm good. And she's like, no, you're not good. Long story short, we get in the ambulance. We drive over there. And I guess when you get electrocuted, your body releases this um, some sort of... It's essentially like rhabdo when all your muscles liquefy. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me, and he goes, I'm not going to kid you, man. Like, you're a big dude, and... When your body starts producing this enzyme, I have to cut out every major muscle group or it's going to turn to liquid. It's going to turn septic and you're going to fucking die. He's like, so he goes, biceps are going, pecs are going, your lats, your quads. I got to cut everything out. They check me every hour on the hour. And he's like, everybody carries this enzyme. He's like, so say everybody carries 20%. He goes, not only are you not breaking that, he goes, you have like 2% in your whole body. He's like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. He's like, your collarbone shattered, scapula shattered, all this other stuff. He's like, I mean, you might have some stuff going on with your heart. We're going to keep monitoring you. So I was in there for a day or two, something like that. Um, We did the x-rays, but now I'm laying on my back. So when they do the x-rays, it shows my collarbone shattered, but it looks like it'll kind of join back together. Cole's a good little lad and called a bunch of friends of ours um, whose parents are renowned surgeons and all this other stuff. They're sending over their team to kind of look at me. Because I had the world record um, for skydiving coming up. Big upright formation. I've done a training camp. I got an invite. I've got that thing coming up in like a month. And I'm like, I got to make this trip, man. Like, I got to go. They come in there. I go back. I see the Navy docks. Now, this has been like two weeks. And collarbone's still shattered. I'm in double slings. Can't wipe my ass. Can't shower. Um, I've got burns all over me. And they finally take a new x-ray. And the doc looks at me and he goes, bro, if you'd be riding in a car and I'd hit the brakes and that seatbelt would have pinched you, he's like, you'd have tension pneumothorax. He's like, you have a piece going north-south sitting on top of your lung. And he goes, I don't know how you're alive. Um, They don't know if it's because I'm a fat ass or because I had both leads in one hand. He goes, I think if you just would have grabbed one that um, the electricity went through your body would have blown off your right arm or your left arm. It's like, most certainly should have killed you. So the only thing they can come up with is it because I held it for four seconds, it was basically starting to stop my heart like a defibrillator. And when that guy unplugged it, he unplugged it at the peak, and my heart kept beating. That's the only thing they can come up with. So I do surgery, um, two plates, 12 screws, and double slings for a month or two. Um, I'm doing rehab. I'm doing stem cell injections. I'm doing everything I can to try to make this world record skydive thing. At the end, I think I'm five days out, and um, I still can't get dressed. Like I can't do it. It's basically like, now what am I gonna do? Like, I've trained for years to try to make this comp. I can't do it. I call Ollie. I go back through VHP and with him and Vernon and those guys, like, put me on a diet and all that kind of shit and all the rehab. Um, got me back up and running. Um, it was, um, it was surreal, man. Like, because I'd come back from a major surgery right before that. So I told you guys downstairs, like, that was one of the darkest points I've had. Um, to basically spend a year building myself back up, you know, beating narcotics, doing all that other stuff. Um, quit doing booze and all this other shit, and now to be in a worse spot than I was before. Like, you talking about a state of depression. Holy sure. hell, yeah. man. Like, you know, I mean like I legit couldn't get in bed. Like I'd have to sit on the edge of the bed, the old lady would have to pick my legs up and swing me in. Like to this day I still sleep like king tut with pillows under both arms, my legs are elevated. Sweating through everything, just absolutely miserable. And uh, they brought me back, man. Like, uh, I went back over to Ollie and saw those guys, and they came up with a rehab program. And because all the meds I'm i was on, um, it's eating a hole in my stomach, so I can't take any anti inflammatories, I can't take any painkillers, no blood thinners because I've got a GI bleed. So it's like, we're gonna have to do this old school, like diet, exercise, a lot of water, a lot of rehab, you know, massage therapy, the cryo, everything. And, Like, that was my, um, that was kind of my never quit moment because, you know, with the TBIs and all that kind of stuff, like, I've hit the depression, the suicidal shit, and that was about as dark as it got, man. Like, you know, without the old lady, this idiot, Joey, the whole crew at the skate shop, you know, Ashton, and all those people, like, they really dug me out of that hole. Like, it was rough, man, laying in that bed for a couple weeks, like, couldn't do anything on your own, couldn't drive a car, couldn't write, couldn't pick up, I mean, dude, I think I went six months. I couldn't pick up my daughter. Like the fat panda couldn't literally couldn't pick her up. Couldn't change her diaper. Couldn't, couldn't zip my pants up. Like my hands were bound up in these huge, like hamburger helper wraps. Like I couldn't do anything just to be able to sit there, to know how far I came and to basically get reset that plus another half. Dude, like, what are we doing here? And basically with those hamburger helper things (laughs) all over my hands, um, it was probably three weeks after surgery. Um, I still had to burn that paddle, the one we never got to. And <laughs> she woke up one morning at six a.m. and I was out in the back with my hands completely wrapped up, and I was burning that paddle. Is it hanging on your wall at least? Nope, I gave it to him. Um, I I still have the last board, the last uh, um, one I burned before I got hit. I still have that one at the shop. But uh, she came out and she was pissed. She's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Till again, I'm getting back on the horse. And I was like, "Hey, man! Like, I can't. You know, it's like having a cutaway in skydiving. Like, you got to get back on the next lift. Mm. Like, I can't. I can't sit around. Like, I can't let this thing scare me. Like, it was a freak accident. I got to get back on it. Like, I've got people waiting for these boards. Like, it's my art therapy. And she's like, it's going to kill you.' Like,
0: you got to die someday. If,
3: it, if it doesn't have a threat of killing you, it's probably not worth doing. Like, it's got to scare you a little bit. And what what what,
0: what was killing you? Not. Just sitting around doing nothing, right?
3: Sitting around not doing anything and the fact that you know, I'd see these orders come through. Um, hey, I want this. I've got this retirement gift, hey, this gold star board, all this other stuff's coming up. Like, you know, Cole does the business side, like Joey does the art, but nobody else is doing like actually laying the graphics, pouring the resin, doing all the sanding and stuff. I'm like, I gotta get back to work, man. I'm like, how are we gonna make it happen? So he's helped me sand down boards, like I'm trying to lay this stuff out without using my fingers, like stuff's really weird, but I told her I was like you know the art therapy shit for me is powerful, man. Like better than any Percocet or any trim and all I can be on. Like it, it no shit saved me. I was like, it's what I need. I have to do this right now. You look, you look like how far how far away f- are you from that from the hit? That happened. Um, uh, that happened Father's Day morning, last year or two years ago. Last year, yeah, 2019. Yeah, June, right? Hm. Yep. June. Yep. Well, you look like a specimen of a man. It just hard work and dedication. Yeah, man. I swear to God, man, that crew at VHP, like, those, those guys have saved me more times than I can count.
0: They've saved a lot of
3: lives. Bro, w- when I went through that place, I'll, I'll show you the video in a minute, dude. I i didn't realize how bad I was. But he's got a picture of me doing a deadlift, and it doesn't look like me. Like, 180 pounds. Like, like he, he calls me the Girl Scout, like, hair super long, beard super long, but I was just strung out, man. And that was after I'd done the med washout. I was i was in a bad spot, dude. Um, between that and the art therapy, like,
0: yeah, man. I I remember I came in at 100 in boot camp. I was 175 pounds. You know, when we graduate, buds, your height and your weight's off about what, 20, maybe 22. And then uh, came out 260 and then went into that whole. Uh, I, I do exos mm-hmm. on, on this. Coast oh, yeah, <laughs> awesome. I kind of got shotgun in first. So uh, that's the thing is when you put us on that stuff, man, it just inhibits our pain receptors. And our pain receptors with us are there for a reason. One, it, it, you know, each time we feel pain, we, we go over it. And that's how our pain tolerance gets higher and higher and higher. But, so, but if, if we are hurt, we need to stop for a second and kind of and heal up. We, we just don't do that. We, we just kept going and going and going, man. And, I, you know, coming out of that, that, all that muscle turned to a little bit of jelly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and they, they, I remember being on the deadlift uh, bar, too, man. And, uh, man, it was... It was good to get back down to that. Your, I guess you're fighting weight, like your butt, like buzz weight, but like in shape. Right when you come into your team, right, they they figure out what you are, and then that's kind of how your body type is designed. So it's uh, it's crazy how precise that program is.
4: All right, guys, today's podcast episode is brought to you by the Jordan Harbinger Show. He's got a podcast you guys should definitely check out. I know you guys are fans of high quality content fascinating podcast hosted by awesome people and Jordan's got just that. Jordan's got a wide range of topics that he covers every week and he interviews some heavy hitting guests. They've got a ton of episodes rooted in business, tech space, but I've got a couple recommendations just for our listeners. So episode 264 has our friend Mike Rowe.
1: Is it all right if I go into a little more background on how tribe skates? Please. Yeah. So, DJ glanced over a lot of the beginning of it uh, in the middle and a little bit after the middle. Um, So, DJ had kind of accepted the fact that it was time to retire. And he's sitting there like most veterans uh, doing or like literally saying, What the fuck am I going to do? Like, I have a GED high school education and I've been deploying for the last 15 years. That's all I know. And uh, luckily, by chance, going to NICO, he, he figured out um, art was a good therapy for him. And it is for a lot of people. And uh, when he went to kind of the rehab and detox on all the prescriptions, he figured out skateboard deck art was like his real go-to. And um, by chance, you know, uh, Beyond Clothing asked him to do those two boards and Joey um but he still was in a bad spot um with the transition, and like you know I'm gonna go contract and like go deploy overseas and get my legs blown off or shot or you know even worse killed and um luckily, I had the time that where I was like you know I could recognize it, we've been best friends, he's been my best man twice <laughs> um <laughs> another uh consistent right average for the teams, but uh. He, i was like well if you want to do this i was like let's do this but oh by the way there's a whole back-end business to this um
3: did you actually have a business license you have to have an i will see yeah. i'm like huh
1: there's like cool nah. tax things all that so dj joey and myself were like all right we'll do it and piece it together out of three garages like a lot of the greats did with 150 bucks and three decks and uh I say July 1st of 2018 was our official start date. Um, And so you can kind of see a little light in DJ's eyes kind of getting bigger and bigger and smiling. And like, you know, he's doing therapy, but it's like, hey, like, let's take your therapy and turn it into a business. Um, And, you, you know, you could see him just, he was excited to come to work. And he's like, maybe I have something outside the military and I don't have to, you know, risk my life. I can spend more time with the family, the kids friends um and pretty quickly we got to the point where we're like hey we need office space within a couple months we got we moved into some office space um got Ashton a great leather worker up front and then Joey and DJ and I in the back and uh you know the orders were coming in um and you know DJ was doing well company's growing and then you know naturally what started happening was you know gold star families wives kids started coming in and uh you know we'd throw them decks be like hey like like we want to do a deck for you or they just come and hang out like you know we unfortunately we know a lot of you know gold star families and just give their kids kind of a place to hang out vent like if they want to design some boards great um and so that kind of like started growing as well Towards the end of 2018, we we're like, "Hey, like, let's do Gold Star and Underprivileged Kids Skate for Free." We wanted to give back. Kind of, you know, grew up in the area, and so started doing that. Kind of kicked it off January one of 19. Um, meanwhile, the company literally went international uh, in December of 18. I say international, like with the sales, um, kept growing the company, kept growing the company. More guys. I say more guys, more kind of veterans that wanted to transition started coming in. Uh, Stant socks, van shoes started donating stuff for us to give to the Gold Star kids. Um, DJ's doing better. Company's growing again. Um, more Gold Star families reaching out, kids. And I think there's a lot of uh, commonality on like being a teen guy. And, you know, ultimately, we want to protect our country and just help people. Um, and we we're doing that across the board. Um, and, uh, you know, we've had a lot of gold star families across the board, um, Marines, army, Navy, old school, like Vietnam vets, World War II vets that we've done boards for. Um, and it was really cool to see that not only like my best friend doing a lot better company growing and showing them that, Hey, there's a career outside of the military just because there's so many kind of hopeless, um, veterans uh, that are dealing with that kind of monster and then helping the gold star kids uh, as well kind of telling them stories about their dads or coming and hanging out um, and you know watching just the company grow the smiles the tears even dj and i wrestling around and fighting because business is not as easy as people may may think it is um and dj and i having some physical fights and arguments and Joey and us hugging it out and at the end of the day, like coming together, at, I mean, like a team never quit. Like that's, that's what we were doing. It was like we'd run into hurdles and like we'd fight and then we'd keep going or come to an agreement. And uh, 2019 was our first calendar year I and mean, obviously on the back end, but it was great to see uh, the growth as well as giving back. And it was, it's an honor and privilege to say like we gave back 15% of our gross sales. For 2019, back to Gold Star Kids or families or support, um, you know, whether it's cash, boards, anything like that. We had the chance and opportunity. We got approached by uh, the dog handler uh, from a a CBS show to raise money for a Marine that lost both of of his legs. He needed a new service dog. Um, We made a board for him.
3: His service dog ran out in the street and got hit by a fucking car. Yeah. And this dude was in a bad spot. Yeah. Like basically his caretaker left the front door of him. Dog ran out and got smacked and their service dogs ain't cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And basically tip. once somebody gives you one, nobody's really going to offer you up another $50,000 dog. Yeah. So this idiot comes in.
1: So we're I'm figuring out the numbers. We have to raise twenty two grand by skateboards. I'm like, we're going to be here for a fucking while. Car wash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speedo, Navy SEALs and Car <laughs> make, Wash. Navy make, we'll make make SEALs calendar or something. Mm. Uh, luckily, we raised about 22 grand in about 35 minutes uh, from one phone call. Power network, man. Yeah. Um, and I don't think veterans realize how powerful that network is on just reaching out to people that want to help. Um, so it was Brandon Rumbaugh. So hopefully he doesn't mind throwing his name out there. But so foundation basically customizes dogs to the veterans needs, whether they're blind, uh, they're amputee or,
3: um, severe PTSD. Like yeah. whatever. you guys all so know the it, deal.
1: It's not just a blanket kind of dog. It's, it's accustomed to them. Um, so that was again, an honor to be a part of. And so towards the end of 19, middle of 19, we started growing our skateboard team. And I mean, I know we're all kids and we are into sports. Um, but to see the excitement and actually tears uh, from parents to sponsoring their kids and giving them kind of some hope and things like that. It, it's
3: yeah, like last really week cool we had see. this kid. Um, like we wanted to grow it in the 757. Like, you know, Virginia Beach has been so good to us and teams and particularly We wanted to keep it there. Um, but I reached out, um, sponsored a kid from Kentucky. Um, he's on Instagram, Nolly Hardflip. Like this kid is a shredder. But super humble, like works his ass off and hooked him up, hooked up a, a guy from Texas and then, um, got in eight kids from Virginia beach and they're young men. I think our oldest dude on the team for Virginia beach is 17. Oh, Most of them are 10, 11 years old and they shred. So we just sponsored a new kid, um, Sam Bryant. He came in with his mom, me and her messaging back and forth on Instagram. She walks in and, uh. I was running late. I had another meeting. I come in, and Joey's got a skateboard deck out for him, a sweatshirt, a hat, and a couple other things, and introduced myself, talking to the mom, and we know a bunch of people in common. And I was like, hey, man, what do you need? And he's like, "Um, I'm not going to have another deck. You can take 50 of them. Like, whatever's in the shop is yours, man. Like, I give it all away. Whatever you... Like, hey, brother, like, really, like, all I ask is... So my rule for those kids, and when I said it right in front of the mom, I was like, if your grades drop, if you piss your mom off or she ever tells me you ain't skating, you're not skating. Like your parents have to give me a thumbs up. They have to come in and meet with Cole. They have to sign her way. And if you get grounded and your mom says no more skating, no more skating. Like as soon as you're off the shit list, you go. So I was thinking him on the flight over here about starting to do like a, I mean, I hate school. I hated school growing up. It doesn't really mean anything to me, but I know it. Looking back now, like, I probably should have paid attention in school, so I think we're going to open up something else. Like, hey, man, even for the kids who aren't sponsored, almost like a flow program, like a semi-sponsored thing, like, if you want to ride Tribe Skate decks and you bring in A's and B's on a report card, I'm going to give you a free deck. Like,
0: yeah, you earn it. Yeah. Uh, like, you has
3: got to do something. Uh, man, to mentor, got, oh, oh yeah. It's when the, uh, when
0: the uh, teacher's ready, the student will appear. And you ever wonder why they call us sixth graders with guns? It's because when we joined at a young age, they snatched our childhood away from us. Because the early childhood you're with your parents, and then when you get to grow up and kind of be a kid in your early 20s and stuff like that, well, we got stuck in a war. And don't ever look at, this is the biggest thing, it's like, man, I only had a GED, and, and, and it's like, well, that's all you needed to be qualified for this? You you made that? Because what a SEAL is ultimately is a specialist. Just think if we are out on a mission somewhere and they needed, we need to get some skateboard decks or some, a couple of them decks built for something else. There's nothing we can't do together. That's, a, that's what they've taught us, is that, man, it just... When, we, when you start circling a few of us around each other, man, it, it doesn't matter. We'll fall into line. We'll kind of uh, see what the plan is. Everyone has a specialty. Each one of us is unique in their own way. But the, the one thing about us is, is that when you put us together, it, it, it sharpens all that. Like I said, we go down that rabbit hole to become what we are. And when you're coming back, look at like you're going back from that old age and you're growing back into the one you, you left behind. And eventually you'll step into that. And there's a commercial on TV. It's, it's this old dude skateboarding. And he's like, what pain? Mm-hmm. you don't feel anything that's right you don't have any pain you already went through so much pain that they took that away from you yeah and that, and because if you're i mean you're looking at the body pain and that's that just let us know that there was like, it's a sensor for us saying there's something going on right there anytime we would feel that uh, but ultimately man it's just locking everything back in the line and the with us man if you take something like us offline and sit it down and we don't have any direction then man we'll, the battery will lose charge the minute we look at something and, and lock onto it, man, that, what, you know, I say, man, once you have my undivided attention, then what are you going to do with it kind of deal? And uh, I was looking and, man, I couldn't figure out it. Thank God Melanie came back and, you know, when, the, when those ladies grabbed, they're, they're they're for a reason, too, man, the ones that tamed. Look, at, I was, we were talking about my mom was in here the other, yesterday, the other day, and uh, we were talking about Mustangs. I was like, man, you got a wild kid, you put him in the pasture with a wild Mustang, and they'll, they'll tame each other. Well, man, we, we were the wild kids. We weren't bad. We were just, you know, it's like I wasn't good at school either. Man. I was like, you, I just wasn't ready for that. Right? And in order to tame that kind of spirit, man, you had to throw it into what it was supposed to, the, the environment it had to, they could tame it. Not, and not break its spirit, but just get it on the path that it needed to go. And you hold on to that long enough, bro. I mean, yo, they're like snapping us into shape. They got to throw us off mountains. They got to electrocute us. And every time they do something like that to us, and we lose, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a staggering thing making that transition. It is, I mean, you think you're dying if you don't know what's going on. You think you're dying, man, because that stuff just doesn't happen to anybody. When I, when I say there's crazy stuff that happens to, to us all the time, and then there's that crazy stuff like it happens to a you know a few of us. Like, man, what the hell? It's, How'd that happen? You know what I mean? As yeah. wide awake as we are, how is that, is that going down? And it's just, man, you're getting drugged back down uh, the other way to, uh, to kind of get back in line and go do what we were, you know, what we were supposed to do when we were younger, right? And um, but at this point in time in our life and this, this time period in there, what's going on right now, man, we're you know we were designed for for a certain reason, and being seals, yeah, we. We had fun in the beginning. We had great childhoods growing up. I mean, even if your parents are hard on you, that was for a reason. You know, they had to snap us in line. And then once we found, like I say, you know, you, as soon as they put us outside the gate, you know, we started looking for w- one of us. And as soon as you find one, and that's, that's usually good, right? You get three of us together, then, then something's going to start happening. Then we just start, it's like a magnet, right? just start, all that stuff starts falling into place, man. And, and uh, that's why we have so much fun. You don't even start thinking about your injuries, stuff like that, until you get away from each other and then you then and that's like uh you know you're pulling them away from the center uh, and once you find that 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 new mission set then uh, the guys man just like floating in that water man we'll just kind of automatically even there's no wind we'll float towards each other that's the same thing and and it's it's really cool that you stay where you came up because those kids when they drug us offline and threw us out the the next generation of us didn't have anybody to to Look to beat them into check, you know what I mean. Our, our generation, I mean, we're everyone's extreme in anything, motorsports, swimming, all that. And then here we are, and then now we're just come back and fit right back into that and pick up where we're uh with those kids where we kind of left off.
3: You know, if you ask Patsy, I um, I used to be all happy go lucky, like everything was a joke and all this stuff. And then as I got further along in that career, um, especially around like 2013, I got hurt overseas. Um, Some really bad TBI stuff and um, had amnesia for a long time like I'd wake up in weird spots and um, I didn't realize you know I wasn't popping pills to get stoned I was I was taking whatever I was prescribed Um, but as I got new doctors they just kept adding to it adding to it adding to it and before you knew it um, I basically didn't feel anything like I didn't have a sense of humor anymore nothing was funny everything was angry And then I got a new doctor who came in, and um, it was so weird, like he was going to refill my prescriptions. And um, he he went and he typed in the last one, he hit enter, and a little thing flashed on his computer screen. And he's like, I can't prescribe you this. He's like, it'll kill you. And I'm like, I've been taking that for five years, all these meds, and he's like, oh no. So he launches me into rehab up at uh, Seven East. It's a neurobehavioral clinic up in Walter Reed. was in her inpatient for like 32 days, did the whole med washout, all that stuff. But we had just started Tribe Skates. Um, And, you know, I'm laying in that hospital bed. I didn't realize I was, I knew I was hooked on the painkillers, but I didn't realize how bad it was. Um, I laid in that bed for five days, puking on myself, pissing on myself. Like, it was rough, man. Like, it was a full-on detox. And around the fifth day, I finally came out of my room. Red Cross is standing there with the biggest therapy dog I have ever seen. It was like some some Siberian mountain dog. This pro, this thing probably weighed 230 pounds. It was fucking huge. And I love dogs more than I do people. And They're
0: great, right? I mean, I wish I was half the man my dog thought I was. For
3: sure. Like, so that lady's like, hey, I heard you like dogs. So essentially, when I got hurt and they found out I was going up there, the the whole staff at Nyco knew me. They called over and were like, hey, we've got this guy. So i guess i'm the only person they've done it for they gave me free access to everything at nyco so even though i was inpatient there i'd spend half my day at nyco like working the dog program like but i i had a dog in that bed five hours a day and they started doing that and uh i had no idea what the red cross did i thought they did blood drives i had no clue those people they drop up 500 dollars worth of burritos on that floor from chipotle they bring sushi whatever you wanted so you'd bring me a therapy dog every day and this Super nice lady. Um, she was doing all my acupuncture every night. And she's like, what can I get you? It's like, I really want a skateboard. And she's like, I don't think you should skateboard. I was like, no, I, I just want it for art therapy. They had a, all this paint and stuff in there so I could paint and I could do all my art stuff. Um, and I had an Army SF guy with me. Super good dude. He just got medically retired. Did like 22 years in. But um, for no rhyme or reason, he's skydiving one day with the boys. And he loses complete equilibrium. He goes, I flipped over on my back. And he goes, I thought I was facing belly to earth. And he goes, I didn't know where the fuck I was. He had a Cypress fire. So it was reserved. deployed super low to the ground. He lands and now he can't walk. He stands up and he falls over. Um, he'll be eating breakfast and he'll slowly start to sink out of his chair and he'll fall on the ground. I'm like, damn. We're doing art therapy and he's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. So I had a little come to Jesus with him. I was like, hey man, I'm like you're hooked on the same meds I am. We're all coming off them together. I was like. This shit pulled me out of the hole once before. I'm working myself out of the hole now, just deal with me. So we had this big canvas, I'm working on the skateboard, he's got a blank canvas and he goes, I don't even know how to paint. And I was like, take that black paint and paint that whole fucking thing black. He's like, Okay. Paints the whole thing black. He's like, Now what? it's like, hit it with a blow dryer. He dries it. Paint the whole thing white. Paints the whole thing white. And he's like, now what? I'm like What comes to your mind right now? And he's like, I don't know, the S F crust. Like I walk over to the computer, I print out the SF crest, and we trace it on there. And I was like, paint it. Paints the whole thing. Keeps adding to it, adding to it, adding to it. I take resin, I pour resin over it. By the time this thing got done, it was a fucking masterpiece. It took us about 10 days to finish it. I was like, how do you feel? And he's like, I actually feel really fucking good. Like, me and him text, like, weekly now. Just check in. He's like, hey, how you holding up? I'm "I'm good. I'm good. It's like that little that little self-check, like maybe art therapy is not for him, but he owns, um, he basically owns a company with his family. They build high performance race cars and all that stuff. And he's like, now that you think about it, he's like the only time I really feel good, like no pain, I don't care that I'm dizzy is when I'm underneath that car working. And I'm like, that's your therapy, man. Like you don't have to label it something weird. It doesn't have to be art therapy. You working on that car is your art therapy. Mm -hmm. Like for Cole, his therapy is numbers for Joey. His therapy is drawing. Like, but, you know, Joey's getting older, his neck's messed up, his hands are arthritic as shit. He's like, I just want to sit on my couch and draw on this iPad. I'm like, that's your art therapy. Ashton's up front banging out leather, doing all that. That's our art therapy. Like, everybody's dealing with some shit, but it's trying to bring it all together um, and just have that self check in. Like, this dude's going through, you know, when he was going through his nasty divorce and he's boozing, we came out of NYCO together. Like, what are you doing right now? Sitting in my house, stealing. I'm gonna go get a beer yep, go out and get a beer and just, just to check in, like, what's going on with you? Like, you know, tears coming out of his eyes, he's like, I'm in a bad spot, and I was like, I'm in a bad spot too, like, you check on me, I'll check on you, and then came into Tribe Skates, and now it's a daily, it's a four-way daily check-in, like, Ashton comes through, how you doing? Like, I got this shit going on, should just let it eat, I'm like, okay, we'll have a Gold Star Kid, like, um, Megan Valentine comes in from All in All the Time, we've got her is an artist at Tribe Skates. And she'll start painting on a board and you can see, like, the emotional baggage come out onto the board. We've got people that'll come in, like, who have no artistic ability at fucking all. But they come in and they tell their story and they sit down with Joey and they just let it eat. Like, a bunch of new gold star wives, I'm not gonna drop their names, they all came in and got matching black heart tattoos. And she's like, I wanna do a memorial board. I'm like, I'm getting teary-eyed. and like, whatever you wanna do, man. Like, it just giving them a chance to just vent this stuff out like if it's fitness if it's yoga if it's art therapy if it's crunching numbers if it's drawing whatever it might be like it's to find that one outlet that's not going to really crush you it's not going to put you down that hole but then having that self check in like having that one person like if it's you guys or you and mel like whoever like, like me and patsy are getting better at it now like i'll come in someday and she's like what's up like, i'm in a bad spot man like No rhyme or reason, like, I'm not hooked on painkillers now. I'm not drinking, but I'm just super depressed today. I don't know why I can't shake it. And then I'll look at it and it'll be, you know, right around the same time, right around September 11th. Um, That's right when, like, Jay Redman got shot and all those guys, like, for whatever reason, like, three days before that and three days after that, like, I'm an emotional fucking wreck. Um, When Nick Jack got killed, like, I'm a bag of shit. 10 days before that 10 days after that like i mean i'm in a slump that's like hit him up and i'll go through the rolodex and i'll read nick check's last text and all this other stuff and you know just having that self-checking like i mean everybody's suffering through this shit together like you know you have that saying Bud suffering silence like it ain't the time to suffer in silence like this ain't the point like we are losing way too many dudes to this shit and i swear to god man i think it's I think it's a CTE. I think it's a TBI. And I think it's a pain meds and guys take them for such a prolonged period of time. Like I didn't realize how messed up I was. Like, when I went to Nike, in the seven East and, you know, we did the whole body scan. They're like, you're looking at double shoulder replacement. Like we've got to do two hip surgeries. We've got to fuse your lower back. We've got to fuse your neck. Now your right eye is not working. Like you're done. And they tried to retire me in 2013. I wouldn't have it. So basically from 13 to 19, it's nothing but pills. Yeah, it got me through. I was able to operate at a super high level. And at the very end, when I came off of them, like, it was like I was born again. It was like, the colors were super bright. And I'm like, how long have I been like this? Like, you don't even realize it. And I couldn't imagine if, if I didn't have this dude, if I didn't have the wife, if I didn't have Ashton and Joey and all the other people like around us, that super tight circle. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind I wouldn't be here. Like, I've been down that rabbit hole so deep, man. Like, holy shit. And it's like, like, the teams are so small, but they're so big, and that reach is so big that, I mean, you just have to, you have to ask for some help. And that's our hardest part, is nobody asks for it. And it's like, don't sit there and suffer in silence, man. Just shoot somebody a text. Like, we've got a buddy right now going through some, some super dark shit. Like, won't answer his door. He's basically barricaded himself in there. We're launching people over there, launching Uber Eats out to his house. Like, Finally, started to come out. Finally, just shot me a text. Like, so we're gonna get in a road trip and drive up there to see him and do all this other stuff. Like, <sighs> dude, it's rough, man. Like, you know, the whole N22 thing, like, <clears throat> yeah, it's good, but it's like outside of the military, people who are related to somebody in the military, it's kind of like a, it's almost like an afterthought. Like, veteran suicide, like, I don't know anybody that's committed suicide. But, well, why don't you Google it and see how many people are actually doing this? Like,
0: it's so small in the community when, when it's kind of like, you know, this team guy, you're like, no, but I know somebody who does though. Mm hmm.
3: Like, you're not able to hide from that. And I think, you know, like you banging that out and you do that job for so long that it becomes part of you. And then when it's gone, like when you actually walk away from it, I mean, like you warned me about it years ago, like, hey, when you step away from this, it's going to get rough. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Just like the old guys back in the day when you first checked on the team, they were like, you better get your service record your medical record fucking tight. Because when you come out and nobody going to take care of you, I'm like, yeah, 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 old man, okay. I remember Vietnam too, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, bro, like, like, why yeah. the hell didn't we all listen to that? Like, dude.
0: Because of the way they deliver it to us. It's that ultimate wisdom. I mean, you know, they go through it before us. We looked, they're the guys that drug us in there, and then we're standing next to them, and we're kind of, and the closer we get to the qual, we're like, and they pass that knowledge down, it, it, you know, it's that dad wisdom. They, they told us what, not to do it. And then uh, we're supposed to be grown ass. That's what we're trying to play. You know, I mean, well, well we are, and right? That's, that's what I'm saying. They shift us over into that one. So when they tell you that, just like when they tell us everything else and we do it, there's a couple of things we're like, you know, we don't think about the red rhetoric because we don't get hurt, you know, think about getting hurt. You know, that's not even an option. Right. So um, we say the same thing to the kids now. It's just, how, that's how they delivered it. Now we heard what they said. We kind of sit on it for a little bit and then, Ultimately, it's the way you explain it to somebody. I mean, think about that. From It's, it's, it's how you come at them. And it just when we had teachers, too, when someone would tell us something, it, wouldn't, it just wouldn't even sit in. And then every now and again, somebody would say something completely. Off, just, and it'd be like, that's what that means? Like, yeah, yeah, it does, man. And that's, what it, that's, what it t- that's literally what changes it. Just hearing that that all takes one thing.
3: Yeah, I mean, like one of the things for me was as I was uh, getting ready to do that transition piece, I had a guy I looked up to. He's like a demigod in the team's not going to drop his name, but he pulled me aside. We were at VHP together. Pulled me in the corner, and he's like, how hey, you holding up? I'm good. He's like, no, you fucking ain't. He's like, I can look at your eyes until you're fucked up. I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm good. I'm like, you're not good. Let's go get a coffee. Drove out and got a coffee, and he just dumped it. like Everything that he'd been bottling up for the last 15 years that he'd been working through that he finally got past, he dumped it on me, and it was a mirror image. Yeah. And He's like, you ain't got to go through this shit alone, man. He's like, we're all there like brought me in between him and this guy, like really pulled out of the hole, man. I mean, that's what I'd say to everybody, like find that one thing that isn't going to kill you. That's not shipping a bunch of pills down your face and reach out, man. Like you got to talk to somebody.
1: Yeah. I'd say one more thing too, is uh, our communication styles are different. Uh, I think all four of us can grunt at each other and, and we understand what we're saying, but uh, when it comes to our significant others and kids, wives, husbands, Don't be afraid to get a third party help. Uh and I when I say third party help, don't be embarrassed that you're like, I need to go to marriage counseling or therapy or or anything like that. because um, I think that's a huge help. You know, our number one fans are our wives have have lived the hardest life with us deploying and the kids. Um, I mean, in all, all transparency, like my wife and I go to therapy once a month, if if not more. Um, and it's helped us immensely just on love language what everyone needs and uh you may hear one thing but that's not what they're saying oh yeah so like <laughs> go go fold the laundry and like i'm like i'm not gonna fucking fold the laundry you fucking fold the laundry and she's like what she's asked for it's like can you just help me and it's like oh like why then why did you say, you that, say that yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just she's like I, I did say that i was like
0: you're, thought you were going to give me one of these, you know? Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah.
1: So I would say, yeah. So,
0: I mean, we, as soon as I met her, like I said, those were put down here to wrangle us and mm-hmm. and back onto our, our, our path. And we, I mean, the minute I saw her, laid eyes on her, I knew it. So our whole marriage, we just, you know, it's been a, just like the team. I like to say, it's like the Weather Channel, man. I need some constant updates. Just like SEAL teams. That's the mm-hmm. way I explained to her. So, it, but through our time, we're sitting there and somebody say something and, and we'll start driving down the road and she'll go talking. I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? She's like, what they said. I was like, that is not what I heard come out of that dude. I mean, I, I get that, but that's not what I, what I thought because point in fact that the uh, veterinarian the other day, there was a, a pamphlet that said said, um, if I uh, it was, had the kids and dogs that said, protect them from harm, protect them from danger, protect them for life. Right. And, uh, I sat and looked at it for a little bit and then I saw it the first way. Cause when you got kids, you, you protect them from danger, you protect them for life. But then there's a point to where that has to, that switches to where if you protect them from danger, you're going to have to protect them for life. And once you kind of, you'll realize when that is, cause that's when they're ready to, you know, take train wheels off and, you know, spread wing, whatever it is, they're going to, how they do it. Each one of them is different they're unique in how they do it. But eventually we get it. You know, we kind of, we fall into like, Oh, I, I see how it works. And, um, but that's the best part about them, man. If they were exactly like us, and that's kind of how the teams are, man, we're so opposite, can't even be, we're similar. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll come all the way back around. And, uh, I tell people, I was like, hey, man, if you, if you marry your opposite, your kids will be perfect. If you mm-hmm. marry a woman who likes, who has the same thing locked inside of you that you do and likes to have a good t- man stand by, it's gonna be one hell of a ride. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, we each have a sin that's tapped inside of us, and we have to spend our life trying to get a hold of it and, and ours is wrath. So we try to get the hold that to help people from it, or we can hurt people with it. You know what I mean? And that, that, that's the same principle. When you meet them for the first time, man, one of them, two wolves is coming out, right? One of them. If you meet the one that drags both them suckers out and they can put a leash on it, stick close to it. Cause they're the ones that'll get you where you need to be. I mean, we've we kind of, our paths are, you know, they're all alike. I just, you know, I just kind of came through before you did I was a little bit older. It all has a purpose. For and, and it's designed a certain way, man. And thank the good Lord for them. Is Tribe Skate a nonprofit? They have a nonprofit arm? No, <clears throat> um, it's for profit just to do no donations. Do no how, you guys want to do a plug? How can how can, how can our followers find you? What, what can we do to help?
3: I mean, you can Google tribeskate.com, it'll take you to our Shopify, um, Instagram, Facebook. Instagram is the easiest way to get a hold of us or uh, email tribeskate at gmail. But
1: there's an option to donate uh, basically equivalent of like a gold star skateboard basically we just take that and it allows us to continue giving I mean, like I said, twenty nineteen I said fifteen percent, like we gave over fifteen thousand dollars back uh in, in money and product. You you guys could go all the way back to the beginning in the
0: history of you know, like with the JFK deck mm-hmm. and, and literally all of our guys, cause everyone's unique in their names and, and their and a platoon of guys. Like if you get all of them, you put it together, it's one big picture. Like yep. you design it together. I mean, cause all all of us that come through there, it's that's um that's a cool part about going through all that with everybody, man. You get to see what they, what they are and what they're yeah. made of. And in and and the program we had to go through the first, you had to see our opposite. Like you had to see what, what we weren't, right? We, you spend the first 40 years trying to figure out what you're not. <laughs> and then you fall back in and kind of go in and, and um, on the backside, pass it down.
3: I mean, so the other thing for, uh, for Tribe Skate, like if you know a Gold Star family, you know a veteran that's hurting Drop us an email, man. Send us their link. Like, we'll bring them out. Free art therapy as long as they want to. Like, Gold Star boards, they're completely covered. Call Veteran us. boards, like... Yeah, yeah dude, like, just send us Everybody an email. needs to
0: check it out because I don't think I would ever ride my board. It's a work um, of art. Yeah,
3: so <laughs> it, 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 so a lot of that stuff we do, we do wall art. The new school decks are obviously to ride. The long boards, they essentially look like a piece of art, but I make them for guys to ride, full build-outs. But we tell the Gold Star kids, like, if you want one to hang on the wall, like... We'll do that. I'll make you an identical one to ride a longboard. I'll make you a new school one. I'll do whatever you want. Like it's all covered. And like right now, I think our gold star funds essentially zero, so we just pay for it out of whatever we sell on Shopify. Like doesn't matter to us. We're just gonna keep doing it. Yeah, you wanna help out? One (laughs) paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't made a single dollar. (laughs) Yeah. Like we just give it all back. I don't care. Yeah. It's
0: cool because you guys can design anything. So if, if anybody out there is listening right now. If you if you're having if you need you know, like a gift idea, a plaque for graduation, a shadow box, I'm having them do every single command I was at, and they they can do it. to i yet.
3: We haven't, but uh, so one more wave. They reached out. I think we're gonna do a collab with those guys. Have oh, Joey do a right big there. thing. That's um, Adam, right? A bunch of guys. So Alex West is over uh, there. Alex, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Alex, so cool. Alex yeah. West over there. Garnett's oh, over man. there. He was a, one of our bud instructors. Yep. Um, so we've had a bunch of guys ask about snowboard and stuff like that. I'm like,
1: oh, like, oh yeah, God. man. I, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. So, so this I mean, is where the business part comes in is yeah. like <laughs> producing snowboards, producing surfboards. We're going to do like, it. Don't worry about it. That's <laughs> a whole different yeah. I was like, on a, on a business side, sure, we'll license images. But like we love to do collaboration. It's just we can do so much with a skateboard. We have. I don't have any idea on actually making snowboards. or so many variants. I grew up surfing. There's so many variants. But, yeah, I mean, we'd love to do a collaboration Who's with anybody.
0: Who's that make North Shore? Yeah, it was on the other day. I was watching it.
1: <laughs> Way breaks here, don't be
0: there.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, so Patsy. Huh. Um, so if the people don't know her, um, she was born and raised in Spain, bounced back and forth to Miami, um, ended up graduating in Spain, got her uh, U.S. citizenship, born abroad right before um, – she turned 18. There's like a finite window. You have to get it in. So she did that. Joined the Navy. Uh, moved out to Virginia Beach. Got married. Her husband was obviously killed. Um, in Red Wings. Um, I met her in 2008. Um, I was out eating dinner at Chick's Oyster Bar with a bunch of team guys and a bunch of the wives and all that stuff. We had all mutual friends, but I'd never met her. Um, I was in Iraq when Red Wings went down. So um, we knew all the guys on the helo and all that stuff. It was all at Team 10. Um, So we got to see the memorial video and I remember seeing her. She was the only wife that spoke. Um, and it really hit home like between that and, uh, Seth Lucas, who, you know, they pinned his old man's medal. on him, like, I was a basket case, but, um, so I meet her, but she walks into chicks. And if you've ever been to chicks, like it's tank tops and flip flops, she walks in, it's cold. She's got on these skin tight pants and she looked good. And, uh, she had on a white pea coat, totally overdressed. And she walked up to the table and he was giving her hugs and, it gets over to me, and um, I was just trying to be funny. They gave me a, a heads up, like, hey, she loves talking shit. Like, So you got to get her right out of the gate. And she rolled up, and I was like, hey, honey, are you lost? She kind of gave me a weird look, and I was like, no. I was like, Guadalajara is a Mexican restaurant. It's like six blocks that way. <laughs> right. Like, You're in the wrong location. You know. So that whole thing developed, obviously. We get married and do all that. Um, I am flying home from Afghanistan on deployment, and we get stuck in banger main doing a refuel plane breaks down and she's all dolled up like she's waiting at the command like i call her on the phone i was like hey honey planes broke down and i've got her on speakerphone, so all the boys are listening um plane's not running so it's eerily quiet and everybody knows her so they're all laughing i was like hey honey i got bad news man um plane's broke i don't know how long we're going to be here they're saying 48 hours might be longer and she lets out this shriek and she speaks Spanglish, so like she'll like she'll throw out things that just don't make sense.
0: Um oh, the more pissed off she gets,
3: yep, the louder she gets and the more it doesn't make sense. So one thing I really like is when she commentates like UFC or like a football game because it none of it makes sense. <laughs> so she starts screaming at my CO who can't hear what my troop commander sitting next to me, my troop chief, my TLs, all the boys are around, and she's like, Okay, you listen to me. I want you to go up. In that cockpit, I want you to tell that pilot he needs to get that plane off the ground. You better be back in Virginia Beach. If not, I'm going to fly to Maine. And I'm going to blow everybody on the plane. Oh I was like, I was like, what? And she goes, yeah, you tell him. I'll be there. I'll blow everybody. I'll go to the CEO's house. I'll blow him. I'll blow his wife. And I was like, what the fuck? She's like, I'll go to the command. I'll blow everybody there. I'm like, honey, what are you saying? She's like, I will go. I will make a bomb and I will blow everybody. <laughs> honey, oh if you don't say up, It means you're gonna suck everybody off, and she's like, What? No, that's not what I mean. Like, I'm gonna blow you as soon as you get off the plane. I was like, All right, yeah, that's different. Yeah, here we go, here we go now. Like, but it's like, it's that kind of stuff that she's always throwing out, and like, or she'll commentate USC and she's like, Oh my god, that guy, can you believe how hard that guy's fucking that other guy? And I'm like, What? Like, honey, if you don't say up, it's a completely different meaning. She's like, Oh my god, blah 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 blah. It's like that constantly, yeah. the the wall in the whole bar and everything else. And she does it, and sometimes it's to my benefit. Like, we uh, we were out eating dinner with all the girls. Like, I am essentially one of the girls. Like, it'll be a, a whole gold star wives and it's just DJ. Like, I just, I'm just there. And uh, I'm talking shit to her, and all the girls are talking smack. And at one point, she looks at me, and she goes, nobody wants you, old and crusty, like that nasty beard and your tiny 10-inch penis. I'm like, God, I love you, honey. Like... God, you're perfect. Like, that would be more out loud. The, uh, the louder. screaming, it. Yes. Scream it, honey. I love you. Oh, God, she's a trip, man. She was in the Navy, and she grew up really sheltered. Um, so she goes to boot camp, and she was raised in that old Spanish thing. Like, they've got old wives' tales and all this other stuff. So her grandmother and her mother told her that she couldn't use a tampon or she'd lose her virginity. So she's 18, 19 years old. She goes to boot camp and she's still using pads. she couldn't shave. Yes, she couldn't shave. So she is, she's at boot camp and they have those huge industrial maxi pads that they issue in the Navy. So it's time to do the swim test. So she's on her period. She jumps into the pool to do the swim test. You have to swim the 50 meters so you're not going to drown. And this thing balloons up.
0: Yeah, it looks like a pool buoy anyway. Oh, yeah. Or a peer buoy.
3: <laughs> she, she said she got out and it looked like a soggy diaper. It was hanging down like six <laughs> inches. Water's pouring out, and everybody's mouth is open looking at her like she's holding it. Water's pouring out. And she's like, oh, oh. So, you know, they go back and they change, and all the girls are like, honey, why aren't you wearing tampon? She's like, I don't want to lose my virginity. And she said the entire boot camp class erupted. She's like, what? She's yeah, like, that's I not think a there thing. Oh, yeah. Well, no, it was all the Navy SEAL dive motivators. So, like, the EOD yeah. guys, the divers, the SEALs, like, they're the ones admitting the swim test. So, it's a bunch of hot dudes hanging out, shirts off, and she gets out with this 40-pound maxi pad. It's like... <laughs> Do you know yep. nothing embarrasses her now? Oh, yeah, nothing, dude. No. I came home one day. I'm not shitting you. I come through the garage door. I walk into the kitchen. And she is standing in my kitchen, head to toe, Navy dress blues with full... Metals. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you will salute me when you enter my quarter deck. And I was like, that's awesome. I, I was like, is that some like weird, like sexual ploy? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, hand salute. I was like, I'm not playing this game right now. She kept it on for hours making dinner with that thing on. I'm like, Oh, God. like you can't make this shit up right now. Oh, my gosh. oh fuck. She's a trip. Now yeah, She's awesome. We
2: need to have her on.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You guys need to get her on yeah. and you need to bring her out for the, she never quit. Yeah. yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. She's a trip. Thank you so much for having us out.
2: Yeah. oh,
3: yeah. Thanks Let for having that. I mean, love being in Texas.
2: We obviously support Tribe Skate, but if there's anybody out there that
4: doesn't necessarily want a skateboard, but they want to donate, like they said, there's a donate button on the website that you can donate so other kids can get it, Gold Star Kids, or
2: so they can sponsor local kids. Just hit that donate button. For
4: sure. All right, guys, it's that time again for another team never quit listener story where you guys actually submit your stories we share them with our entire audience so that we can motivate each other inspire each other as well as learn from each other let's jump right in tenacious d a story about a mother who doesn't quit this never quit story is not about me it is about the most determined person i know my wife dana with whom i've just shared our 30th wedding anniversary I have watched this woman demonstrate this for over 27 years. And to articulate how and why, I'm going to need to go back to the early years. We are proud parents of two wonderful children, each unique and special. Our eldest Sarah was born in 1991 and a wonderful, vibrant little girl who has grown into a smart and independent young woman. Our son Shane was born in 1992, a year and three days apart. Irish twins, but that is a separate story. Life was awesome. Young family going through normal new family stuff when my wife started to have concerns on the development of our son. She was concerned that his speech was not developing as it should. I shrugged it all off to having a rambunctious older sister for entertainment, ear infections, and other normal development delays. My wife was tenacious, continuing to push the doctors and professionals, and it clicked for me when I was watching TV and ESPN had a special about a baseball pitcher whose son was autistic and wouldn't line up matchbox cars. I looked over at my son, who I was playing with, and he was doing the same. The similarities and the voice of my wife over the last months rang in my ears. The tears flowed. She pushed for specialists, evaluations, testing, and diagnosis. These were tough months as we both immersed ourselves in learning about what this was, blaming ourselves as he continued to struggle and fall farther and farther away. She became a pit bull in the best way. She locked her intellectual jaws around learning what the best treatments and educational philosophies that could benefit our boy. She challenged the school system. She challenged the doctors. She challenged me and the family. She created an educational system in our house dedicated to the retraining and relearning of all behaviors needed for him to learn, hiring, staffing, and training. We often had to battle the school system, and she was often presented with logic and rationalization by many, including me, but she always led with hope and potential. She used me as the hammer as needed to push, sometimes in IEP meetings, sometimes with lawyers, sometimes with family. She led, I followed. She never stopped looking for possibilities. Many were complete failures and pretty weird, but we did them with hope. She engaged with the best neurologist in Boston, the best gastroenterologists in Boston. These doctors knew her by name and wrote letters for her to use with the schools for the benefit of our son. Over time, diet and eating became a consistent focal point of his development, balanced with constant medications and drugs that she constantly tried to avoid or find alternatives. This also aligned with a new passion for her bodybuilding and lifting. At 40 years old, she quit her full-time job and went back to college to become a registered dietitian with the hope of being able to learn what she could do to help our son, help us, and help others. She graduated, executed her internship, and started a new career, all while continuing for focus on our son's development and potential. We moved to California with the hopes of there being more opportunities for our now adult son to move into society and contribute. She again led the way and moved bureaucracy to make this happen. Our son now works three days a week at Trader Joe's with a support person, and they love him. He spends five days a week in the community between work and various group activities, and none of this would be possible without her mindset of never quit, never giving up. He is now entering a new chapter and she is reinvesting herself to find what will be his long-term care with the expectation that he greatly outlives us without putting a burden on others. This is very daunting to me and she is taking this on as she has all the other challenges with the love, passion, and tenacity. I am confident she will find the right path for us to follow. We have been married for 30 years and for parents of a special needs child, that is rare. We have a very wonderful and independent 28-year-old daughter who did not have a normal upbringing with all that went on with our son. We have an amazing 27-year-old son who has come so far from where he was. He could not have gotten here without all of us and all of his family, but we could not have helped without our leadership and determination of my wife and their mother.
0: There's a special place in heaven for parents like you. Yeah, I like the way he said it When the, when um, with the ear infections, and it's like, hey, man, one of the other parts wasn't developed yet. So you're kind of in that stall rotation. It doesn't matter how... No matter how weak you think you are at any point in time, man, always look at it like that's a phase you're going through and everyone moves out of different cycles. And when you pass through it, you come out on the other side stronger. And if you think about it like that, then the body will absolutely consolidate around it. If you come out thinking that you're, you're whipped, then the body will keep you in that mind frame until it, it kind of... Shows you how to, how to get out of it. and then, But once you do, it's just, it's it's unbelievable. So thank you for writing in and sharing that. I mean, there's more people going through that than you can imagine. If you guys are listening to this right now, reach over and hug your wife and don't let go until I tell you to. <laughs> we have family friends that have special need children, and, and I'll never say it's a burden. And, <clears throat> you know, it may be just a challenging blessing, but the fact that you, the two of you together raised such a wonderful child that again, a special place in heaven. So thank you for sharing that story with us and with our listeners.
4: Yeah. Marcus talks about how important the women, women in our lives are every day. So it's, it's cool to see, you know, how your wife was able to step up and lead in your family when it came to that, you know, challenge you guys were up against. And, and the fact that you are sharing the story of your wife and and not yourself just shows how selfless you are as well. and and, well said, it's awesome. So, if you'd like to share your story or share some, the, the story of someone in your life, head over to teamneverquit.com slash podcast. we got a share your story button up in the navigation. You can share your story, share a friend's story, share a loved one's story. They all add up. They all mean the world to us, as well as they inspire others in this community to never quit. And that, that, at the end of the day, the mission at Team Never Quit is to do exactly that. It's to inspire others to never quit, no matter what life throws at you. So head over there, share your story. We'd love to read it on the next episode of the podcast. All right, guys, what did you think about today's interview with DJ and fatty? It was awesome. Oh, yeah,
0: man. It always good when we have them in the room, you know, especially that we've known each other for a long time, similar stories. And if, if we weren't there, then we, we can definitely, sh- that's the best part about sharing the moments as they all kind of relate somehow. Both of them are great men. Been through a lot, buddy, and just still leaning forward, coming out on top. great families, great children it's great to see them they're gonna do well they're gonna do well man their ambition and joey's feelings were right that he didn't get invited he didn't know they were coming so i'm just throwing throwing, throwing Yeah, yeah joey throwing that wasn't on out. our end. <laughs> 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 we were talking about you hell we were mad you didn't show up i was giving them a hard <laughs> no, time first to, of all you need an invitation to
4: come out here bro you already been here
0: the nobody yeah we're, no, we're love down you. a man love you, ladies man. and gentlemen we're down a man
4: you all make sure to check them out. They're on Instagram. They're on, they have a website. It's tribeskates.com and that's sk8tz i believe.com. And uh, what they're doing over there is freaking cool. Not just like the the skateboards they're producing are a work of art. I think Morgan mentioned that earlier in the episode. And if you're not a skateboarder, you don't have to be to buy these bad boys. They are awesome wall art as well.
0: Yeah, cuz the board the way they do it, it looks like it, flesh. Oh it, yeah, it looks it looks like an arm or like the skin it's on and the paint and the, the way they, kind The letter of, they use. I mean, they can design anything. But again, it for shadow boxes or graduation presents or Christmas presents or something something you went on a vacation and you want something added to the bottom of this skate deck because they they give back to Gold Star families and it's Tribe Skate SK8Z. Z minus the T, minus the T. Make sure we get that right. And um yeah, their other business partner Joey, who's near and dear to me and bro's heart, piece of us, we miss, we miss him. We love you, Joey. We're walking billboards for that dude. You 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 play it hard enough to where you you, he comes calling for you. You can't call him; he has to call you, man. He'll have your paint ready when you come in. <laughs> and I mean, Morgan, I are covered in it. So, bro, we love you, man. Thank you guys for everything. Thank y'all for bringing us back, and I hope y'all enjoyed this one. And God bless you guys. We're out. Out.